and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Thursday afternoon. Joining me from New York City, I believe, still in the Seaport Studios, Tim Bontemps. That is correct. Day full of television because sometimes we get things delivered to us, like Mark Cuban deciding to go have a long chat with Ben McMahon before the game. <laughs> On Wednesday and making TV magic for the next 24 hours. Is so that how you? Is that how you would uh, disguise describe it as a chat? As a chat? It's that sounds I mean, amicable. That's, that, I mean, Ben McMahon has been banned from the arena at least once, and maybe banned Twice. again in the future. We'll see. Yeah. First time was just from the locker room. <laughs> that is the voice of a, the gentleman joining us from Dallas, Texas, where we had an interesting evening last night. Although the Mavs won. It's Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. Uh, Can we say howdy, partner, to you, McMahon? Uh, I was called something else, a few other things. (laughs) But to be clear, this was not just a chat with me. This was with the media at large. I actually joined as it was in progress. I'm doing, uh, I got a little TV time last night. I didn't have nearly as much makeup on as Montemps does right now. You're still ugly as hell, by the way. But I'm sitting there, you know, doing my little sports center hit at the top of the five o'clock local hour. And I look over my shoulder and I see Brad Towns with the morning news sitting next to Cuban courtside. I see our old colleague Stein kind of mosey on over. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Here we go. So, yeah, Cuban used to uh, on his little Stairmaster, which would like you'd walk through the Mavs locker room back to the weight room in the corner there. Cuban have his little Stairmaster set up and every, you know, for Years and years and years, you would it would be it pretty much an every home pregame thing, and he would just you know I it used to be like uh, a jukebox, right? You you put your quarters in, you get all these golden quotes, and you know, boom, off you go. Um, when they redid the locker room, basically, my understanding is players and 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 staffers kind of went to Cuba and said, "Hey, man, like players don't want." guys hanging out reporters back there like can can we stop that tradition um i also think perhaps cuban's hip replacement surgeries had something to do with this tradition but that's pure speculation which i'm not a big fan of doing so anyways haven't had those for a few years now if you really want to get cuban you can show up to the arena a few hours early and hope to catch him after his pregame shooting sessions because we all know the 60-year-old owners, you know, jump shot. Sometimes these sessions are supervised by their shooting coach, Peter Patton. Got to work on that form. No, that, that's an important thing. Um, but he has been, and he says by design, letting Nico Harris and the new GM kind of take the reins, Jason Kidd. He has been much, much less accessible than in years past. Also, he's been not around the team nearly as much. I'm the last time I'm aware of Cuban going to a road game was in LA, the first game that Kyrie Irving played in a Mavericks uniform. This miserable five game trip that they just went on with their season on the line, Cuban wasn't there for any of it. But Cuban decided impromptu uh, Wednesday night, hey, I'm going to make myself available. Um, Coincidentally, Luca talked Tuesday and bemoaned how much worse the Mavs chemistry is this season. And I asked him, how much do you guys miss Jalen Brunson? Kind of chuckled, pain, smile, said a lot. Uh, so Cuban came in there with a pretty clear agenda. The top thing on that agenda was, hey, let's set the record straight. I didn't screw up the Jalen Brunson situation. It's all Rick Brunson's fault. The fact that Jalen Brunson got much more money from the New York Knicks for a much bigger role that he's thriving in for a playoff team. The person to blame for that is his dad. And I'm sure his dad, an assistant coach with the Knicks now, really feels terribly about putting his son in such a great situation. But don't blame Mark Cuban for that. Not Mark Cuban's fault. All Rick Brunson's fault. Things were going great as far as trying to keep Brunson long-term. And then Rick Brunson came in and screwed it all up. So that was kind of Cuban's primary agenda yesterday. Ken, let me just try to frame this. So two days ago, so this was Tuesday at practice, Luca spoke and gave an answer, I think, to your question. Was it your question? Mm -hmm. About Um, Brunson? 
about Brunson. Can you set the stage for that? Because I, I suspect, I don't know why Mark did this on Wednesday, but I suspect what Lucas said on Tuesday may have pushed Cuban into wanting to speak on Wednesday. Yeah. And so, you know, one, uh, credit to Luca for understanding, hey, as the face of the franchise on Tuesday with things having gone to hell, he was going to make himself available and speak. And there was also the whole, are the Mavericks just going to pull the plug and tank the rest of the season talk out there, which I'm here to tell you that did not come from, uh, you know, the figment of somebody's imagination. That was something that was being discussed at the top levels of the organization. Um, but Luca made it clear that ain't happening with him. He's not going to quit while they have even the slimmest of hopes. And so I think Luca very clearly wanted to make, you know, make it a hundred percent clear he's not on board with that. He's playing as long as they've got a chance. So I think that was kind of. Luca's primary reason for wanting to be in front of the media, because Luca doesn't like doing media. He very rarely talks to the media after practice, but Tuesday he did. So he was very clear, very adamant. I'm playing as long as we have any chance. And as he said, he understood it was a little chance at that time, but he was going to play. They were going to keep leaving. But then as he's talking, he admits, hey, no, the confidence isn't high. Like he he said, we've lost nine out of ten. It had only been seven of eight, but you 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 got the point. It felt and like nine to ten. Yeah, it felt like ninety nine out of a hundred at that point. Um, but then he starts talking about just how much the chemistry has declined since last year. And you know, he said basically, hey, chemistry is a process. Like he wasn't trying to say Kyrie came in and screwed things up. That wasn't his point. But he's just like. The chemistry just hasn't been the same. And Luca took accountability for playing like crap on defense, you know, kind of admitted that he's worn out. Um, you know, he blamed the his hectic schedule between the Mavs and Slovenian national team, the heavy workload early in the season. He didn't acknowledge that his condition is an issue, but he did take accountability for that. You know, he said he's the leader of this team, so the blame's on him ultimately. But when he's talking about just how much the chemistry has declined. It's just not the same as it was last year. Anybody who's around the team understands how vital Jalen Brunson was to their chemistry. Like Luca is going to be, he's an emotional guy for better and for worse, right? Like he's going to, when times are good, he's going to, it's that infectious smile. When times are bad, he's got terrible body language. Brunson was the balance to, to all that. Brunson was the even keel guy. Brunson was the connector behind the scenes. And so, like, it's a natural question. How much do you, do you guys miss Jalen Brunson? And this is the first time all year, like, Luke has always obviously been complimentary of, of JB, but this is the first time all year that he basically said, man, you know, we miss this guy a lot. Um, and again, it was not even so much what he said, but it was the look on his face. Uh, when when Brunson was brought up and like the rough translations, man, letting Brunson leave for nothing was a devastating blow to this franchise. And if you're wanting to assign blame, that blame goes to Mark Cuban. But Cuban says, hey, if you want to assign blame, that blame goes to Rick Brunson because, you know, all, all was swell until Rick Brunson wanted Jalen to get a nice fat contract. Which he did and which was appropriate. Yeah, and now what's um, that dispute here? The, the the big dispute. They could have signed Brunson to a four-year fit by CBA rules without cap space. He was eligible for a four-year $56 million extension, the same exact extension that Dorian Finney-Smith signed two seconds after the trade deadline passed, right? And the Mavericks weren't willing to put it on the table until two seconds after the trade deadline passed in case something came up for Dorian Finney-Smith or for Jalen Brunson. What's that Such dispute? Such a trading for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> there you go. What's that dispute? Yeah, if they, if they were able to trade for a star last year, that's what they were trying to do. What's at dispute is whether Brunson told the franchise or the franchise was told that Brunson was willing to accept that extension as late as the first week of January last year. Now, Rick Brunson told me on the record 
during the playoffs last year. Matter of fact, right after Brunson went for 41 and 31 uh, in wins over the Jazz when Luka was sitting out, that they had gone to the Mavericks and said, hey, in early January, if you put it on the table now, we'll sign it. I didn't hear anything from the Mavericks disputing that at the time. Now, I did start hearing stuff uh, after it was very clear that Brunson was going to New York in, in late June. Suddenly, oh, hey, that, that's bull. That, that's not true. Cuban finally went on the record with that yesterday. And by the way, Jalen has confirmed this when he talked to uh, our old colleague Chris Haynes in the last uh, couple of weeks. He confirmed it himself. So the Brunsons say it's true. Cuban says it's bull. You know. I mean, Cuban was he. I mean, this I have to say was not foreseen. I've seen bef- not that something I've seen before. He pulled up his phone and was showing text messages. Right? Didn't he show? He's like, look at these text messages. Yes, he's showing text messages from fourteen-month-old text messages. Uh, he 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 read a couple of his replies to Aaron Mintz, who's uh, Brunson's lead agent at CAA. But he's showing us, literally showing us text messages from Nico Harrison, his general manager, from 14 months ago. And the text messages... They were text messages to Cuban or text messages to Mintz? Text messages from Cuban. I'm sorry, from Nico to Cuban. Okay. And and like the the text message, this was, Cuban was saying, this is from January 25th. And he's saying, uh, I'm, the, the exact text message is from Nico to Cuban. We aren't going to make a decision on JB based on what Aaron says his dad wants in July. And, uh, and then Nico also says, I agree with you to Cuban, but I just think the New York thing is too tied to their family to overcome. And I'm like, okay, cool. That that's a July 25th or a January 25th text message. What about the first week of January? Cuban says he there was there's nothing there. Right. So just to just to cut through all this, basically, Cuban is defending how the team lost Jalen Brunson, basically saying it was out of our control and that you and also Luca shouldn't blame me, you know, me or us for it. That's what he's basically saying. 100%. Here. And yes. the evidence he's offering up is look. You say that we could have done the deal in January. Here's discussions that happened with his agent in January. We couldn't have done the deal in January. And so we're parsing all these details. But at the end of the day, no matter what you want to say about it, they lost Jalen Brunson for nothing. You can you spend go. you can spend another three hours going over and presenting cases from other sides. You can present Jalen's side, Rick Brunson. You can present the agent's side. At the end of the day, he's in New York. They lost him exactly. for nothing. And another thing that happened is that you know, and this even when they when Jalen was gone, the Mavericks believed that they could at least salvage the situation in a sign and trade and get something back from the Knicks. The Knicks have a number of young players and draft picks, including the Mavericks pick this year, which would be helpful to have back, quite frankly, at this moment. And the, I think the Mavericks, beyond not getting a deal done with Jalen early, when it came time when they were going to lose him, they misjudged the market there because they didn't think the Knicks were going to have enough cap space. And the Knicks pulled off a couple of moves in and around the draft and got the cap space. Now they don't have a crystal ball. They, they couldn't have known where the Knicks were going to be, but at the end of the day, they misjudged it. You know, I've covered many teams with hundreds of moves over the course of my 20 years covering the league. And I see teams make ingenious moves that fall their way and other teams look silly because they thought something was true and it wasn't. And that's what happened here. And so they got to own it. They screwed it up. And I think they're they, still they in, completely. Yeah. They they're in the totally bargaining stage it. of loss. They haven't gotten to the acceptance stage of the loss. There well, are and, a few, thing, and, go ahead, and th- this is where Cuban got pissed at me yesterday, called me a moron, which is one of the nicer things he's ever said to me, but like, dude, you t- you said at the end of the season, we have his bird rights. We can pay more than anybody. And you did not try to outbid the Knicks. And he's saying, we never had a chance. He said, and I'm quoting him here, we didn't know what the bid was. They never gave us a number. Knowing the numbers now, I would have paid it in a heartbeat, but he wouldn't have come anyway. There's just no possible way that it was about the money. I mean, there was no negotiation. They didn't give us a number, blah, blah, blah. First of all, dude, the number was freaking reported by me and other people 
days in advance of free agency, which is why the damn Knicks got hit with a tampering charge. Like, bull crap, you didn't know the number. It was freaking reported publicly. And listen, this is total revisionist history crap by Cuban because all I was hearing from people who were trying to justify Jalen Brunson leaving for nothing is, wow, what a drastic overpay by the Knicks. The Mavericks were willing to go to, quote, Fred Van Vliet money, which was about 21 mil a year, five for 105. Boy, there's a tough decision, four for 104 or five for 105. You think Brunson might make a million dollars in that extra year? Uh, you know, when, when this contract comes up, give me a freaking break. You did not, they did not try to outbid the Knicks. Look, you can argue, should they have come in with a max number? Because it got to a point where their only chance was to come in with a max number. You can argue whether that would thing. be crazy yeah, or but not. But again, we can try. stay in the trenches and argue about the, the deal. Yeah, the bigger thing is this season has turned into a bad situation. And so mm -hmm. now people are taking a step back and worrying about the big picture, which is Luca. Go that's ahead, right. No, that's that's what I wanted to get to. There's a few indisputable facts here, right? One is from the very beginning, the Mavs messed up and gave Jalen Brunson a four-year contract instead of a three-year mm -hmm. contract. So they would have had his restricted free agent rights a year before, and it could have paid him much less to sign him then. Whatever All Donnie Nelson's wants, fault. All Donnie whatever, Nelson's uh, fault. Sure. It's everybody but Cuban's fault. Whatever Cuban wants to say about these negotiations back in the spring, I'm going to trust my guys reporting all the way through. I'm going to trust people talking on the record all the way through. And I'm going to say that the Mavs messed that up. Now we get to the summer. The Mavs, obviously, as you point out, Brian, botched the negotiations on every front when it gets to the summer. Jalen goes to the Knicks. By the way, the part of this we haven't talked about at all is the Knicks have been a revelation this season and have been mm -hmm. great. And a huge part of that has been Jalen Brunson's impact on and off the court. Pretty much shows what his impact in Dallas was last year on and off mm -hmm. the court. And now we get to the most important part for all the nonsense that Mark Cuban said yesterday in deflecting away from the fact that this season is a disaster. And frankly, they traded for a guy who I would rather not have compared to uh, Jalen Brunson and Kyrie Irving to try to make up for the fact that they screwed all of this up. Here's what Mark Cuban said about Luka Doncic and his uh, long-term future in Dallas. Look, players don't talk like that. Just like, quote, hey, I'm here for the next 17 years, end quote. He'd like to be here the whole time, but we've got to earn that. And this is where we get to the crux of the issue with the Dallas Mavericks. They mm -hmm. have very little way to keep Luka Doncic in Dallas and to convince him and earn the right for him to stay there because of the situation they have put themselves in through a series of moves over several years. Going back to the Kristaps Porzingis move, going back to how they handled the Jalen Brunson situation, now coming to the Kyrie Irving situation where they are sitting, staring down the choice of having to pay Kyrie Irving all the money and signing up for the Kyrie Irving experience as that being the way for them to get out of jail in this situation, or Kyrie leaving this summer, going somewhere else, maybe them getting something back in a sign and trade, but probably not getting very much because they won't have any leverage really to do so. And then you've got limited draft picks going forward, a roster bereft of talent, and limited financial flexibility to go add well, players right, around right. Luka Doncic. So, so Cuban basically said three things around a bunch of curse words and calling McMahon a moron. He basically tried to give the blame elsewhere, specifically. Now let's stop Rick using Brunson. the word basically. He's he okay. tried to duck. He blame he blame Rick Brunson for okay. Jalen being that's, gone. That's one. Two, he tried he talked about keeping Luka in the future and said that we've got to earn it. And three, he talked about. Kyrie Irving's free agency. I don't want to muddle them together. He, he, he said Kyrie was the top priority this summer. And okay. I said, and know, then you said I'm, what? I'm pushing him on that. Like, Hey, okay. You've got his bird rights, by the way, just like you did with Brunson last year. Uh, you can pay him more than anybody. Like I, the way I put, will, can you be outbid? That's the exact way I phrase it. He said, I don't know. I guess there's always too high a price depending, but now with the new CBA, it's a different world. And I kind of pushed him on that. And he said, you know, that's not the point. If you can't improve your team, you got to be able to improve your team. Right. Then he got into like, have you heard about this CBA, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, listen, if Kyrie Irving's your top summer priority, like good luck going to Kyrie with less than max brother. Good. I, I wish you luck. I, well, I listen, don't think uh, that's going to turn the, out The word good. max means two different things. It, it means maximum salary. 
And then it also means maximum years. And, and, and I don't think that the Nets were afraid of paying Kyrie Irving the maximum salary. Mm-hmm. What they were, I think the dispute was, was the number of years and or that it wouldn't be guaranteed and Kyrie would have to earn his way to get to that. Yeah, earn even as if you it go. was. Right. And, and how'd that work out for the Nets? Well, that's the thing. The Nets weren't willing to do it, and that's why he was gone. So, I, um, and I'm guilty of this too, but the word max gets thrown around too much because some players only can sign for a certain amount, but can't sign for the big amount for various it's reasons. Okay. Here's here's and where here's where the around. word maximum, here's where the word maximum comes in here. You know, you know where the word maximum comes in here? Maximum leverage for Kyrie Irving, yeah. which is a remarkable thing to say after everything that's gone on with Kyrie Irving. But at the end of the day, you're sitting here as the Dallas Mavericks, and because they made a desperation trade after botching several things before that, whatever the version of events Mark wants to lay out there, the facts are the facts. They botched all these things. They were in a bad spot. They made it worse by making this Kyrie trade. And now they're in a position where they, again, either have to pay Kyrie what he wants to stay, which is probably going to be max dollars and max years, I would guess, because why should he take anything less from them? I mean... I think it's going to be at least four, if not the full five for 272 mil. Again, he has all the leverage. Well, not only does he have the leverage, no leverage here. Part of the reason why he has the leverage is that they screwed up the Jalen thing. So yes, it's one thing. If it was a negotiation that stood by itself, you have to negotiate with this player who has injury histories, who has off court uh, issues, who has, you know, um, commitment issues to a team. That's, that's one thing. Um, Then the other issue would be the fact that you have this new CBA that changes things when you're putting into it. And, you know, when Kyrie became available, as far as I know, four teams, uh, uh, four teams showed interest, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Mavericks. Maybe the truth is there were more teams. I don't know. Some teams tried to pretend like they weren't, but we knew the Lakers were interested. We know the Clippers were interested. The Suns at least kicked it around. The Mavericks made the deal. Okay, the Suns have now gone and traded for Kevin Durant. You can cross them off. The Clippers, with the new CBA rules, I don't think are going to be able to get Kyrie unless they gut their roster somehow. They're they, not going to be able to they sign. Can't, they, there's no way they could get enough money under to do a sign and trade. It would, they'd have yeah. to. They'd have to trade too many guys because if you're so far over the cap, you can't receive a player in a sign and trade. So they could have Correct. traded for Kyrie last year during the season, but signing and trading for him is very hard. The Lakers could do it, mm-hmm. but would have to basically release or get rid of the, all the free agents that they just acquired that they've gotten some traction on that could happen, but it's a, it's a maybe at best. So right. you say Kyrie has great leverage, Bontemps. I agree with you. But also, does he really? Are, is there really a team? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I, I will see what happens with the Lakers. I very, find it very hard to believe the Lakers will say, we'll have D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura instead of Kyrie Irving if they get presented the opportunity to do that. I okay. will see. That's not, that's not me reporting that, to be clear. Right. I just looking at it. Looking at it from the way the Lakers view things, the Lakers gutted a championship level team to trade for Russell Westbrook to have a star, right? And this is a guy that LeBron James pretty publicly made clear he wanted the Lakers to get this past season. I I, I think there's a pretty clear line to draw there if you want to. And look, the other thing here, let's just be realistic about this. Do you want Kyrie Irving feeling like you've lowballed him and disrespected him? Like the risk here is a you bring back Kyrie, but he's disgruntled. We've seen how that goes. The, there's that's not a good situation either. Now, listen, you can debate whether okay, but is committing Max to to that guy is is that uh, better than having him feel disrespected right off the bat? Like, dude, these are all things that were considerations before you made the trade and all we were here. Well, you know, it's a, it's a test drive, kind of a trial period and, you know, cap space. If I, if we don't go long-term on Kyrie, first of all, the cap space is like 20 something mil. It ain't max. Well, again, this team had, and who are you spending it on? 
This team had limited, it's been saying this from the moment they made the trade. This team had very limited trade assets at its disposal. And they traded their 2029 first, which people said, oh, well, that's way in the future. It also messed up their ability to make trades in the interim. And on top of that, that's correct. And then on top of that, they trade Dorian Finney-Smith, their best perimeter player, our perimeter defender, and another guy that is tight with Luca and had a great relationship with Luca mm-hmm. and they trade him to make this trade happen. So again, you take two of his closest friends off the team. You replace them with Kyrie. And as you said, the whole time, like Kyrie seems to have shown up and done everything that they've asked him to do, but the team has stunk. And now they've backed themselves into this corner where they have no choice, but to do what Kyrie wants to keep them because if he leaves and they lose him for nothing, then they're sitting here with Luka Doncic three years away from free agency, which really means a year or two away from being in a position to ask out of town with absolutely no path back to yeah. being a relevant team in the well, West. Well, that's not true. That's not true. They have paths. Oh, okay. They have well, paths. what is, well, wait a second. Well, let's, let's break this down. What is the path? If let's say Kyrie leaves this summer. Okay. Let's say he leaves under that scenario. What is the path from there? for the Mavs to be a conference finals team in the next three years. They still How have, are they doing that? They still have two picks that they can trade. They still have a couple of tradable pieces on their Hold roster. On. The, just to be clear about the picks, okay? If they end up top 10, because they owe the Knicks, this top 10 protected pick is the final piece of the Porzingis trade. If they end up top 10, you can say they have two picks to trade. Oh, That means they're trading this pick technically using it and then trading it, but obviously you can agree to a deal. And then 2027, if they give this pick up, they have 2025 and 2027. That's fair. Okay, fine. They're going to potentially have a top 10 pick that has value. Also a few years, like a few years ago, the Lakers went from 11th to fourth. Well, who's to say it couldn't happen again. The Mavericks have never, the the draft lottery gods. Again, I said, I don't care about the draft lottery gods. Just just acknowledge that there are avenues. They may be narrow. I said, if I said, if if Kyrie leaves this summer, by that point, we know where the Mavs are. Yes. If they end up with your favorite player on the planet, Victor Wembanyama in Dallas with Kyrie. Sure. Mark Cuban could do a parade in the street and not, and, and have a, you know, a, a low cost rookie level superstar on his team again with Luca and everything will be hunky dory and Dallas. It'll be great. But again, I'm living in reality where there's a very small chance that that happens. And again, I will ask you because what you've basically said is they have a couple picks. They can maybe trade for one player. This is a team. That's not one player away. It's a okay. roster full I'm, of I'm massive just, holes. I know I've just, I've been so around again, long enough to know that a team that has multiple superstars is not really desperate, but they definitely are in, but a, in some, no, 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 some, no, no, no. some of the water is getting hotter. We need Can to I drill down on this again. News? Well, we need to drill down on this again because you they wouldn't have multiple superstars if Kyrie leaves. They'd well, have one leaves. guy. Yeah. I, I will also say the other the other possibility with Kyrie is that they use his bird rights in a sign and trade situation. The the least likely of the possibilities because it requires cooperation from another team, you know, obviously from from Kyrie, but that's a, still it is a possibility. I'll just throw yeah. out a hypothetical here. You mentioned Phoenix. You know, obviously the Aiton Suns relationship has been rocky. Could there be something where Kyrie's heading to Phoenix, Aiton's heading to Dallas? It's a possibility. Like I said, it's the slimmest of the, of, of the possibilities. Yeah. yeah, I just, I just like, look, I'm not fundamentally disagreeing with you, Bontemps. I just want to be clear. They're not desperate. They're, they're, but they're in trouble. Wait a second. How are they not desperate? Because they still on? have Luca, they still have Luca and, and Kyrie's bird rights and two first round picks and a couple of young players on the roster. You're desperate to prove to Luca that you have a chance to win a championship here. And we've talked about this all season. The clock's going tick, I tick, tick, tick. I tick, agree, tick. but I've seen teams flip things around before. I just want to acknowledge that it's well, Cuban you know, mentioned that. Cuban mentioned that. And he mentioned, and I let me let me make sure I'm quoting accurately here, but uh Cuban. I think, I think he's probably well within his rights as a uh, a governor of an NBA team to mention other players on other teams, right? Um, you know, hey, he said we've got to earn Luca's loyalty, basically, right? And said, okay, how do you do that? Win championships. It's amazing how that cures all. I mean, 
Before Giannis won, everybody was like, where's he going? Where's he going? He's not staying. He's not staying. Jokic, while they haven't won, da 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 They wanted to go to Dallas. That's why they signed his brother. <laughs> well, 100%. Obviously, the Mavericks were, and by the way, it was a long line, but the Mavericks were sure as hell in that line. Also, that's not the way things went. Because what the Bucks did was they built a championship caliber roster. Giannis didn't wait until they won a title to sign That's his right. second extension. He extended before. That's right. He waited until they, they made the, for Drew Holiday. Exactly. Exactly. They built it, and Giannis said, you know what? The organization has fulfilled their responsibility. They have put me in position to win a championship. It's on me here. I'll commit. I believe Where, in what we've done. And where's the Chris Middleton? Where's the Drew Holiday? Where's the Brooke Lopez? Listen, Again, I, this well, is where you just say, and, well, and, they and, can and, maybe and, pull something, grab it out of a hat. Sure. That's not reality. Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Let's just focus on Brooke Lopez. What a phenomenal bargain basement, you know, or bargain bin signing by the Bucks. Remember, they got him for the, I think it was a $3 million one year deal originally. They signed right? it for the biannual, they signed it for the biannual exception when they signed him, I believe. Right. They use an exception to get Brooke Lopez. Where's the Brooke Lopez on the Mavericks roster? Well, it's JaVel McGee. Mm, that doesn't quite. How know, dare I, you, I, how dare you not mention Christian Wood? Um, I asked, I listen, when, I when he said, when, when Cuban said that Kyrie was their, was their top summer priority. Being the, the thorough reporter that I am, because, you know, I'm just trying to be thorough here. I said, oh, well, what about Christian Wood? You know, fans like him. He scores points. What about Christian Wood? And I know why hmm. McMahon gets banned. And well, no, I'm just, he speaks. I, he speaks the truth. That's why the people the people want to know that they love Christian Wood. The fans love Christian Wood. The coach. Hmm, but the fans do. I said, what about Christian Wood? Curiously and politely, I asked. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to go through individual players. Look, yeah. here, I think to put a ball on this, the thing that matters about all of this is what happens with Luca going forward. And whether you want to say that they're desperate, whether you want to say they're not desperate, whatever, however you want to phrase the situation in Dallas, the bottom line is, as Mark Cuban himself said, the Mavericks have to earn the ability to get Luca to stay there. And as of right now, sitting here right now, looking at their situation right now, they're going to need a lot of luck to be able to put themselves in position to do yeah. that because it is not clear sitting here today how they're going to be able to have a team that's good enough to be where they were last year in the West without a significant amount of luck going their way. Fellas, right, well, I will say this just real quick. Cuban did take some blame for the Maverick situation. I, and I, I was not able to get this uh, into the story because there's, you know, the, the Brunson blaming and the, the Kyrie stuff and the Luca long-term stuff. I felt like took, uh, took priority, but Cuban acknowledged that, you know, he, he really did screw up this summer. And I, I, I want to quote accurately, but uh, what he did was he underestimated the impact of the take foul rule. That I, I'm not kidding you. He brought up the take foul like three or four different times. Um, he underestimated the impact of the take foul rules is where things. Okay. He says, uh, we didn't, I didn't expect the change that would happen from the take foul and other things. We just didn't have the right personnel. It wasn't any one player. There were just different things that were needed this season from last season, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but at midseason so, he traded so, his best defender. I mean, he so, so, I, I, so that's what that's what's derailed the whole Maverick season was this take foul. <laughs> well, he said the take foul and other things. Uh, other things might have been trading his best defender for Kyrie. All right, they did score sixty points combined. They did did beat the Kings, and they kept their um, playing hopes alive. Before we take a look at the play in situation, that's fascinating. Bond temps. I think you've got trivia. More hoop collective podcast after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. 
Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hit strikeouts, Grand Salami's web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. And now, to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. I do. Speaking of playing teams, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Toronto Raptors are going to be in the play-in after losing to the, Raptor, the Celtics last night. And the other day, Fred Van Vliet set the franchise record with 20 assists in a game. Now has a 54-point game, franchise record for points. 20 assist game, franchise record for assists. Pretty good for an undrafted free agent. He's about to get some of that Fred Van Bleet money, baby. He sure is. Uh, He will be an interesting free agent this summer. You think he'll get Uh, more than 104 mil this summer? Anyways, go on. I feel feel pretty confident about that. There's there's one other player who holds the single-game franchise record for points and assists in a game in uh, NBA history. Who is it? It ain't Luka, is it? It is not Luka Doncic. No. Okay. No, he he's got the points. I I, I wasn't certain about the assist. Is the player active? No. Okay. Points? Oscar Robertson. Nope. Ah, it's a good guess. Man, um, this is a... all right. Let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll through. It. Okay. Player's not active. Okay. Mm, all right. Here we go. It ain't Larry Bird, is it? Nope. Okay. Is this gonna be like? Do we no. have any hope here? We have no yeah. hope here. Yes, you do. Is it's it not... a Hall of Famer? Is it a Hall of yes. Famer? Yes. Yeah. It is a Hall of Famer. Okay. Yeah. It is a Hall of Famer. Hmm. This, ain't some, a... this ain't some gotcha question. Well, the is key, a... the, the, thing, the thing I'm thinking about is the players. It's, it's easier to think of the players who have the highest scoring record for games because, you know, that's, you know, that I can remember. I may not be able to get the guys who have the highest assists. This is a tough one. Yeah. Mm. Man. Okay, you got to give us hints because we'll be here all day. I mean, I'm giving you oh. hints. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. Well, there, there, there's active. a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame, buttface. <laughs> he's an all-time That's great hot. player. Okay. Um, it's geez. just not some kind of crazy, deep, secret name. All-time great. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the all-time assist leader. Is he a guy who's known for uh, assists? Not. Particularly, so he's, so he's the all time assist. He's led the league he, in assists. He's led the league in assists. Mm. Oh lord. Okay. Mm. Okay. We're gonna. This is. I. I, I would have lie. to guess. Oh no. What was your guess, Brian? I almost said LeBron, but he doesn't have either record. It's not. It's not LeBron. He's James. also active. He's also active. <laughs> I know. That's why I stopped myself. <laughs> it ain't Gary Payton, is it? Nope. Gary Payton's a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't necessarily call him an all-time great. Isaiah Thomas. Nope. Zeke. Tiny Archibald. Tiny Archibald. That's my final nope. answer. Damn it. Nope. All right. I give up. Calvin I, Murphy. Oh, wait. I'm, Harden broke his scoring record. I'm sort of stunned that this is uh, not going to be answered. The answer is Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, that's, always, that's always a good answer. For, for which team? Yeah. For, this, for, for the which Sixers. team? For He's the tied six. for the single game assist record with the Sixers. I was just what waiting the for just... Just what guessing is, Wilt by default is usually a good trip. You guess. Right. That's true. <laughs> and he did lead. What is the, what is the yes, assist number? What is uh, the assist I, number? I do. I do not know the number uh, off the top of my head. I had it a All few right. days ago and I don't remember. Well, it. no one's breaking that scoring record. Probably. So no, I hundred points. hundred <laughs> points is pretty safe. I think. <clears throat> All right. That was a good one. That was a good one. There you go. Yeah, you know, we should always default. You don't know the answer, just default to Will. Well, I just I kept trying to hit towards like maybe guess. You're right. Like he the, the, you're right. players in every single record. Well, the best the best hint His, he, he had he had 21 assists. He had 21 assists as a career yeah. high, and it was for the Sixers. Yes. That was the one year he decided he was going to lead the league in assists. And he and decided he to lead the league in assists. Yeah. So right. By the way, that was a game when he had 22 points, 25 rebounds, 21 assists. 
Amazing. Um, okay, so Bon Thompson and I talked about this earlier. After what happened on Wednesday night where the Clippers um, beat the Lakers for an 11th consecutive time, just throttled them in the first half of that game. He pretty much ended it there. Um, you know, LeBron said after the game there was a schedule. He didn't say it was a schedule loss. He said it was a schedule-related loss or something. Um, he, he said it was a schedule loss. He, yeah. That's exactly what he said. I mean, which, by the way, it might not have been a schedule loss if the Lakers had uh, been able to put away the Utah Jazz on Tuesday night with Lucas Samanich starting at power forward, who they signed four days before. Listen, and that's fair, but they were forget about who started. They were up by 10 with like two and a half, three minutes to go. And they're playing a Clipper team and they're playing a Clipper team that had beat them 10 times in a row in their second best player. But this is what happens when you are coming back from what they came back from. Their first 50 games. You have no margin for error. You have no margin for error. And it was clear. Like LeBron was, LeBron was awful in the first half of this game. He's throwing the ball over the place. Couldn't make a shot. AD wasn't much better. And they got down by like 18 at the break. And, you know, they made a bit of a run the second half, but, and LeBron had 30 in the second half after having like three in the first half, but it, it was, you know, that's what happened. So now they're out of position. The, the Clippers and Warriors um, are tied uh, with the Clippers having the tiebreaker and Bontemps and I went over this um, pretty in depth before the pod. And Bontemps, we I kind of identified two games that are going to basically have a big uh, factor in how this is all going to shake out. Um, and th- go ahead with those two games. Yeah. So if you want to know how the West playoff picture is going to look Sunday night, there's two games to focus on. The first one is t- is today, Friday. The Warriors are in Sacramento playing mm-hmm. the Kings. Very massive game. And then Sunday, the Pelicans and Wolves play uh, in Minnesota. Minnesota on second half of back-to-back. That's also going to be a pretty massive game. So, the, obviously, Gold State is right now sitting at sixth. They lose the tiebreaker with basically every team, which, as Brian has said a couple different times, is a very easy thing to do when you literally lose every single road game. Uh, so, they, they basically lose out on all tiebreakers. So, if the Warriors win their final two games, they win, or if they beat Sacramento on Friday, they play mm-hmm. Portland on Sunday. They're going to be Portland. Uh-huh. We we've talked about <laughs> the, the, let me the speak Blazers a, will make sure of it. Let me speak a word on Portland real quick. The Portland tank has Blazers. Portland has an interesting situation. Saturday they play the Clippers. Sunday they play the Warriors. Um, mm. As as Bontemps and both of those games, potentially the Clippers don't buy tickets. Well. the <laughs> It's interesting because there's a possibility, depending on how the how everything falls, that the Clippers and Warriors may prefer to lose those games, mm-hmm. one of those games, because it could help them get into sixth as opposed to fifth. Where's Daniel Oturo? But <laughs> Bontemps will explain in a second why that's harder for the Warriors. But anyway, the the Blazers have 33 wins as we do this podcast. And what'd you say, Bontemps? There are there are three teams in the East. The Magic, the Magic Wizards and Pacers all currently have 34 wins. Right. So right now, Portland is sitting by itself, and I believe sixth in the lottery odds. And yeah, if the they Blazers win one more game, they'll be in a four-way tie for sixth. Right. They have 33 wins as we do this podcast, and they are hell-bent on having 33 That's right. wins at the <laughs> so, end of the season. So the funny thing is they play the Clippers and Warriors in games where the Clippers and Warriors may want to try shenanigans with a hat tip to uh, Jackie McMullen. Uh, but <laughs> Bob Temps made the joke to me earlier today, if it takes play with less than five, they're, they're losing Listen, those games. The, the, the week, Mike Schmitz, our, our former colleague, a hell of a talent scout, they've got him scouring local YMCAs to find guys. I who thought are, you were going to say are, Schmitz was going to play. No, <laughs> he, listen, they, he, he might be too damn good for what they're trying to do. Well, the, war, the, the Blazers do keep signing players that I, I they just keep signing guys I didn't know who they are. And then last Dude, week they, on the pod, they're signing guys who are mediocre G League players and playing them heavy minutes without right. practicing. I mean, this That's is right. as blatant a tanking as we've seen since nah, oh, the Blazers last year. Yeah, it's it's gross. <laughs> but so here, so, so here's yeah. the deal. All right, so go ahead. So, Sorry, I just had to bring up the Blazers. No, 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 no it's this. fine. No, it's good. <laughs> all, all this stuff matters. So the Warriors have this game against the Kings. They win this game. Let's pencil them in for a win on Sunday. They've got 44 wins. Then that puts them above the Lakers. What the Lakers could get, they can only get to 43 if they win out. New Orleans can only get to 43 if they win out. So 
Now you have a situation where, okay, you're the Clippers, right? You talk about these, these games the Clippers have. They play Saturday against Portland. They play Sunday against Phoenix. If we have the Warriors at 44 wins, let's say you were, you're the Clippers. Well, we don't want to play Phoenix. I think that's stupid. You got to beat the teams that are in front of you, whatever. I'm not worried about playing positioning if I really think I can win it, or playoff positioning, if I really think I can win a championship. Set that aside. All right, we want to play. We want to be six for the Clippers. Well, we'd rather play Sacramento. If they lose, say, to the Suns on Sunday and they have 43 wins and the Pelicans win out, win that game, they're going to play the Knicks Friday night. Knicks have nothing to play for. Jalen Brunson's probably going to sit again with this hand thing he's dealing with. Julius Randle's out. Pelicans should win that game. Pelicans win that game and then beat Minnesota on Sunday and the Lakers beat Phoenix and Utah, two games they could win. Phoenix has nothing to play for. If those three teams are tied with 43 wins, the Pelicans will be the sixth seed. The Clippers will be the seventh seed and the Lakers will be the eighth seed and the Clippers and Lakers will be playing in the play-in. So even so the Clippers (laughs) essentially in that scenario have a choice. The choice is finish fifth or finish seventh. That's no choice. And there's no choice. Cause I, again, I'm tired of people talking about, Oh, you you, you can't play Phoenix in the first round. You know what you can't do if you're the Clippers be in the play-in tournament. That is an absolute non-starter. You need the week off to rest. Well, you're ready for the playoffs and have your best shot to win. Do you think we could see load management in the uh, seven eight playing game? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one thing that is interesting. So the Lakers are not out of this; they're out of position though with that loss. The next Lakers game is Friday against the Suns, who have not lost at least as we do this pod again mm-hmm. with with Durant in the lineup. Um, they play two night in Denver. Um, the question is: Will Phoenix on the second night of a back to back? play their full roster or not. I don't know the answer. I, I would sit KD on the second night of a back-to-back. It would not surprise me. So the question I think so you could go, I think you can go either way because he hasn't played and like if they get a chance to play against a real team, like it's it's pro- I mean they got to get some minutes on the court. Yeah. I mean I don't I, I think you can make a good I, argument either way. I would rather I would err on the side of caution with and, with Kevin and, Durant. And uh, Aiton is coming off an injury, and you're always protecting Chris Paul. Like, here's the thing: the Lakers, you know, for this week at least, did have the downside schedule situation against the Clippers. Well, they would potentially get an upside schedule situation against the Suns. So that's one question. The other question is: Will the Kings, who lost, their, you know, they when they lost to Dallas on mm-hmm. Wednesday, they pretty much. Is is Memphis totally clinched the two seed? It's not totally clinched, but it's like a it's it's a ninety okay. plus. It's a magic, percent it's a magic. It's a magic number of one. They need okay. they need so either the Kings, one Memphis win or one Kings loss. So the Kings are pretty much locked into the third seed. The do the Kings go all out on Friday against the Warriors? Do they play their full roster on Friday against the Warriors, um, knowing that how that game goes? could mean a lot of things. Number one, if the Warriors come in going full power against the Kings and win and sort of lock down that they may play the Kings in the first round, what does that do? That you, of course, you could send the other message. You could just beat them and say, you're not coming in here and touching us. The beam's getting lit, whether you want it or not. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Well, how do the Kings approach it? That's a big factor here on who's going to yep. play their rosters in these in because 
I agree with you, Bontemps, Pelicans, Wolves, and Kings, Warriors, but also in a subsection, just because the Lakers are the Lakers. Suns Lakers is sort of like, you know, well, no, but, then, but of those well, again, we're back in that. We have to talk about the Lakers, but it, it, the reason, the reason that game doesn't matter as much is because those other two games are the pivot points that determine everything else. If golden state loses to Sacramento, they're going to be in the plan. If golden hmm. state beats Sacramento, they're going to be sixth. Like that's it. There's no real ifs, ands, or buts about it like that. That's how it's going to go. You know, the Lakers can wind up anywhere. Well, unless the Clippers lose to, both games. The, the Clippers are not losing to Portland. No chance. Okay. Well, just, I just want to acknowledge. Listen, the possibility I, 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 as hard as the Blazers tank, the Clippers' ability to tank in an attempt to dictate playoff matchups is historically phenomenal as well. Again, well, they, we they, go back to Daniel Oturo. Where is he these days? Getting like forty-seven post-ups in the he's last two a, games. He's probably on a flight to Portland. I know, but this this is the thing, though. It's like the Clippers, <laughs> or maybe LA, because of how this shakes out. The Clippers can't really navigate this effectively. No, you, where... no, I agree. I just want to acknowledge that possibility exists. I understand, but I, we're we're living in worlds where, like, look, maybe New Orleans loses to the Knicks with nothing to play for on Friday. And this doesn't come to pass. But again, New Orleans has every reason to play that out all the way to the end. They're at home. And the Knicks, Knicks don't. The Knicks have nothing to play for. They sat a bunch of guys in Indiana last night and won. But I don't think they're going to win in New Orleans with New Orleans trying to win. So again, like that, that Kings game tomorrow is it's just a massive or tonight. It's just a massive, massive game because you either have the Warriors sitting in sixth with a week off to get Andrew Wiggins ramped up. And you could say Golden State with Memphis and, and the Memphis-Sacramento half of the bracket, Phoenix and Denver on the other side. You look at them and say, hey, this is the team that maybe is going to be favored to come out of the West. Or they could be looking at playing the Lakers in a play-in game or the Clippers in a play-in game or something and causing, um, you know, causing them to be in a situation where they got to fight to even make the playoffs. It all comes down to one road game, fittingly, for a team that can't win a road game this yeah. season. By the way, the uh, the final spot in the play-in could very well be decided by whether the uh, the Grizzlies give a crap about game 82. Well, yeah, um, we should explain this. We should explain this situation, too. You want yeah, to lay that so, out? And people are going to know the result of Thunder Jazz by the time they hear this podcast. For the sake of this discussion, let's assume that the Jazz don't accidentally win tonight, right? <laughs> so... Essentially, and let's assume, let's give the Mavericks, who have been extremely capable of losing two teams, missing multiple stars slash starters this year, let's assume they figure out a way to beat the Bulls Friday night, where the Bulls, Billy Donovan said, basically said, hey, we're probably going to sit. Yeah, to, to explain that one, the Bulls are locked into 10th. They have nothing to play for. And frankly, if they don't make the playoffs, losing these last couple games gives them a better chance of maybe jumping up in the top four. And keeping by the way, their keeping their pick right. from Uh-oh. their own rough trade for a setter. Uh-oh, Mavs playing hopes just took a little hit. That protest is denied. Denied by the NBA. <laughs> um, anyways, well, shock. Listen, this is shocking. Uh, so... All right, so here we go. We're going to, for the sake of this discussion, we're going to assume Thunder beat Jazz, Mavs beat the Windy City Bulls. Um, okay, and here we go. Then it comes down to the Mavs have the Spurs on Sunday afternoon. I don't believe the Spurs will be too motivated to avoid having the worst record in the league in that game. I'm going to give the Mavs the benefit of the doubt and say they're able to pull that one out. Now, at the same time, just up I-35 across the old Red River, you're going to have those Memphis Grizzlies in Oklahoma City. And basically, if OKC wins that one, the Mavs are bye-bye, adios, uh, off to Cancun in, in contract negotiations with Kyrie. Yeah, the Mavs, the, Mavs, the Mavs need a Thunder loss and two wins to get in the playoffs, to yes. state it plainly. There you go. And uh, listen, I think it's time to get the big German involved here. You got to get dirt. <laughs> dirt. Taylor Jenkins, Grizzlies coach, grew up here in Dallas. Huge Dirk fan. He's told these stories about how him and his family used to go. They'd sit up in the nosebleeds and just root on the Dirkster. Dirk, 
pick up the phone, maybe even fly to Memphis, give Taylor a pep talk. Taylor, <laughs> we know you're locked into the two seed, but we need you, buddy. We need you. You got to get the big German involved here. Listen, man, to pull those emotional I don't, strings. I don't think the Grizzlies are probably going this deep into their uh, analysis, but I know I'd probably rather, well, no, honestly, if you're if you're sitting, if you want to be devious and you're the Grizzlies, hey, let's be rested up. And would we like for the Mavericks franchise to blow up? Yeah, we would. Would them missing the play-in uh, be a good thing for the long-term health of that franchise? No, no, it wouldn't. Obviously, the, the small risk being that they uh, end up winning the lottery and in victor. By the way, speaking of that Bulls-Mavs game, um, <laughs> so we've talked about that top 10 protected pick. Now the Mavericks right now are in a three-way tie for the 10th best lottery odds. Uh, one of those teams that they're tied with those Chicago bulls, baby. And boy, do the bulls have motivation to improve their lottery odds as much as possible. Now that they've clinched the last play in spot in the East with no chance to move up because Wendy, what's the protection on that Bulls pick this year? Top four. Hmm. So, geez, really convenient time for the Bulls to have their good players kick up their feet. Well, that's why if the Mavericks had lost on Wednesday and been eliminated, then it would have made sense for them to fold the tent for the last couple of games. But they didn't lose, and they're still alive. So... Um, well, by the way, if you if you're if you're really trying to game this out and you're Memphis, right, it's probably it's probably better in the aggregate if you beat Oklahoma City and you if Dallas wins out and makes the playoffs or not makes the playoffs wins out and then loses in the playing tournament and they lose this pick. Like, that's probably, you know. Well, I thought more lowering their odds of getting a chance at jumping up into the top four is probably the better long-term way to subvert their franchise than them finishing 11th and missing the plan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's at least a debate I don't, about I don't know if me. Memphis is going to have this deep of a, of a discussion about probably this. not. Probably <laughs> not. Say, the, is anybody's the knee sore? <laughs> shut him down. <laughs> the Gris is getting their analytics department. Hey, I mean, it'd be, it'd be, what's one the best thing, way for us to screw the Mavericks here. Right. It's maybe one thing if they could play the winner out of nine, 10, but nine, 10 best they can do is the eighth. So right. Memphis, if Memphis like it, say, well, we'd rather play Oklahoma City than Dallas, but that it is going to be interesting to see how some of these teams handle these games too, because you do potentially have a week between games here. So it's not like it yeah. used to be where the season ended Wednesday night and you were playing potentially Saturday at noon. Like the fact you have well, a week off, you might see Jaron Jackson and Tyus Jones and John Morant and Desmond Bay. Like you might but, see all these guys play pretty good amount of minutes well, and, and 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 i will just point out like listen the grizzlies can go in there you know full speed playing everybody and still lose in oklahoma city For sure. uh they they did earlier this season when ja got booted and facetime a fan via his dad uh team moran <laughs> oh yeah that's right i forgot about that <laughs> during during the game but look the grizzlies have been a crap road team this year they're awesome at home, bad on the road. Not not quite to the extreme of the Warriors, but not too far yep. off. They're 15 and 24 on the road. Uh, OKC's, you know, good at home. Not great, good. 23 and 17. So it's not – I don't want to just say, hey, it's totally up to the Grizzlies because, you know, the Thunder get to play no, basketball for sure. if you try to win. No, Thunder, for sure. Well, I mean, But it yeah. is an, an interesting little situation where the Grizzlies have some influence here. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we could be it. Could, it could be we can see some interesting stuff on on Sunday afternoon for sure. The other thing I'll want to point out with the Warriors, obviously they don't want to have any part of the play in, but as if they need any more incentive. Steve Kerr said yesterday that uh, Andrew Wiggins was not going to play uh, in Sacramento or in Portland over the weekend because they just got to get him ramped up through some practices. That's another huge reason for the Warriors to get the week off, so that Absolutely. you can put Wiggins through a full a, a couple of uh, you know full contact workouts and well, build and them back give, up, and give Clay a week off, and give Draymond a for week sure. off, and give Steph. Like if you get into yeah. the playing tournament, like 
you're one sprained ankle away from your season being done. And if you're one of these teams, whether it's the Lakers, like there's been talk this week, oh, is it better for the Lakers to be in the play and to play the Suns? Absolutely not. Like <laughs> any extra game that LeBron and AD have to play is another game that they could get hurt. Like, it's just crazy. Like you need, you need to have as much rest as possible for these veteran teams at this point. And that's where that game, like there's probably not the, the, the Clipper Laker game was a gigantic game because whichever team won that game had a huge advantage to get into the top six. And now there's no bigger game left on the schedule in the league than this Kings Warriors game. Cause if Sacramento wins that game, Golden State's in the play-in. We'll see what happens there and how that goes. And if the Warriors win, they're sitting pretty to be the sixth seed. And they got Andrew Wiggins back. And things are going to be looking pretty good in the Bay. Two words. Two words. Light years. All right. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective Podcast. Thank you to Jackson, our producer. Thank you to Bruce, our producer. Thank you to Bon Tempson McMahon. Who knows where we'll be by Sunday night the next time we record. You know where we'll be? The end of the regular season. That's where we'll be. Thank goodness. Season over. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. Adios, amigos.